You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles very quickly to the book of Mark and chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, we're going to read from verse 25 to verse 34. Let's rise up for the reading of God's word as is our good custom in all house on the rock churches. Lord, help me this morning. Hallelujah. Mark 5, 25 to 34. Let's read together. Um, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Verse 27. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her, hallelujah, who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And she said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. In the original King James translation, it says, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Hallelujah. Amen. I know all of you know this story, or most of you would know this story. Very popular script with story. Multiple messages have been preached about it. The woman with an issue of blood had this problem for 12 long years. 12 long years she had this problem. Is anybody hear me this Sunday morning? And I think we do this woman a disservice. Help me ask your neighbor, what's the name of this woman? Does anybody know her name? Does anybody, what's her name? Somebody said Eunice. Somebody said Janet. Somebody said... No, no, no. I've, I've been studying the scriptures. Four of the, three of the four gospels tell us her story, but not one of them mention her name. Her name is woman with the issue of blood. Can you imagine that? And I think it's really unfair because she no longer has an issue of blood, but we still refer to her as... The woman with the issue of blood. You see, when you have a problem, when you have an issue long enough, it after some time replace, replaces your name. Where when people see you, what comes to mind immediately is the issue that you have. That devil is a liar. We call her the woman with the issue of blood. She had this problem for 12 long years. Oh my goodness. She had done everything she knew to do uh, to try to get free of this, but she was not free, but she heard of Jesus and believed. She surmounted every hurdle that would have stopped her from um, getting to Jesus. She pressed through the multitude. She touched the hem of his garment, and she was instantly healed. When she revealed herself to Jesus, Jesus said, Jesus didn't say, my faith has made you whole. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. 
whole. This was not a miracle at the instance of Jesus' faith or Jesus' will or Jesus' action. This was a miracle that was totally instigated and uh, affected by this woman's action. Jesus was going about minding his own business. But this woman had enough faith to draw upon the power that was resident within his body. Her faith made her whole. Her faith filled up what was missing. The simple subject of my meditation this Sunday morning is your faith will make you whole. Help me tell your neighbor your faith will make you whole. Your faith will make you whole. I don't know what is missing in your life, but your faith will make you whole. Mighty Father, help me. Speak through me. Let your anointing flow. Let faith arise. Let yokes be destroyed in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And the people said aloud, amen. amen. As you take your seat once again, say, your faith will make you whole. Your faith will make you whole. Hallelujah. Minister Lamy, please, um, could you come, please? Thank you. Hallelujah. Now, we read in the book of John and chapter 19, verse 28 to verse 30. Um, this is Jesus upon the cross. And while Jesus is upon the cross, it says, so when he had received the sour wine in verse 30, he said, it is finished. Jesus said, it is finished. This is a, a, a powerful statement that all of the church recognizes powerfully. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. What was finished? What was Jesus saying was finished on the cross? He was saying, he was not just talking about his earthly life coming to an end. He was talking about the work that he had been sent to do upon the earth was now concluded. It was now complete. By his death, his burial, and his resurrection, he made available everything good for us. He had fulfilled the righteous demands of a just God. Does anybody hear me what I'm saying? He said, it is finished. He was saying, I've paid the price. I've completed everything that I need to complete. Uh, the book of um, 2 Corinthians 5.21 lets us know that he who knew no sin became sin that we who knew no righteousness might become the righteousness of God. It is finished. This is what he was saying. I've become sin so that you can become righteous. I've paid the price in full. Can somebody go ahead and give God the praise? Uh, it is finished. It is finished. Uh, uh, in the book of Romans in chapter 8 verse 31 to 33, it says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Uh, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us uh, all, how shall he not with him also freely give us what? all things. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Can I talk to somebody this Sunday morning? Nobody can bring a charge against you and make it stick because ultimately it is God that justifies and you are already justified in Christ Jesus. Come and shout amen. amen. Minister Lamy, where are you? I think I called you a moment ago. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Because God is for you, no one can be against you. Hallelujah. 
blessed be God. And Paul rhetorically asks, if God did not withhold his own son, how would he then withhold all things, all other goodies from us? Do you understand what he's trying to say? He's saying that God gave his most precious thing, his son. So why would he now withhold anything else from you? God wants to bless you. God wants to give great things to you. God wants to uh, lift you. In other words, he's saying all things have been made available to us through Christ Jesus. Somebody praise God in this house. Jesus was telling another parable, a story, in the book of Luke and chapter 14 and verse 16 and 17. I only tell you the beginning of the story where he said, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are ready. Come for all things are ready. Minister Lamy, where are you? All things are ready. I came to tell somebody this Sunday morning, all things are ready. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you are looking for. I don't know what you are expecting. I don't know what you are desirous of. But all things are ready. Tell your neighbor, all things are ready. He's prepared all things for you. Hallelujah. Uh, But in this story that Jesus was telling, he sent his servants out to go and bring all the invited guests in. And as the servant went from person to person to person, they all started to give excuses as to why they could not come for the party that had been prepared for them. Because it is one thing to be invited, it's another thing to honor the invitation. Is anybody here? me what I'm saying. Minister Lamy, where are you? I've been inviting you for these last few moments and you have not honored my invitation until just now because it is one thing to be invited. It's a totally other thing for you to honor the invitation. I, I, I noticed some of you were starting to get agitated and probably were saying, I'm going to give Minister Lamy a good talking to after service. How can pastor be calling him and he's not coming? Isn't he seated over there? But it is one thing to be invited. It's another thing for you to honor the invitation. Is anybody hear me, what I'm saying? Now, Jesus has prepared all things and he's invited everyone, but that he invited you doesn't mean that you are honoring the invitation. Is anybody hearing me this Sunday morning? It's one thing to be invited. It's another thing to honor the invitation. Hallelujah. Mr. Lamy, could you have this? Could you have this? Could you have this? I said have this. You have this. What's wrong with this man this Sunday morning? Hallelujah. I guess he's under instruction. Because it is one thing to be given something, it's another thing to receive. 
It's one thing to be given something. It's another thing to receive. This is my wallet, boy. This, this wallet has some good stuff inside it. Will you have this? Will you have this? It's one thing to be given something. It's another thing to receive it. Oh, Lord, I hope you get me this Sunday morning. You see, Jesus has given. The problem is not with Jesus given. It is finished. The problem is with whether you are receiving receiving what he has oh you didn't hear me i said whether you are receiving what he has given so the problem is not on the giving side the problem more often than not is on the receiving side jesus says it is finished i've done everything i need to do i'm giving my all to you but are you receiving it i've given it but are you receiving it? His hands are outstretched, giving you something, but are you receiving what is given to you? Hallelujah. Amen. On the giving side, it is finished. But on the receiving side, it's another story. Thank you, Minister Lamy. Help me hold on to my wallet. God bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, help me appreciate Minister Lamy. So we read in the book of Ephesians in chapter 2 and verse 8, we read, For by grace through faith are ye saved, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We are saved by grace through faith. So we see that both faith and grace, grace and faith, are involved in our salvation. So quickly help me ask your neighbor, what is grace? What is grace? Now there are many wonderful, beautiful definitions of grace. Let me give you a few of them. Grace is all of God for all of man. Oh, another one that I love so much is when somebody turned the acronym of grace into an acronym, which means God's riches at Christ's expense. He's paid the price for you to have access to all of God's riches. Somebody else defines grace as unmerited favor, God's extravagance, largesse, um, scandalous love, God's grace. But grace not, doesn't only save us, grace also enables us because Paul says that he has labored more than all the other apostles, yet not him, but the grace of God that is upon his life. Uh, so grace is not just what saves you, it, grace is also what enables you to be able to live the life that Christ has called you to live, all right? Grace is therefore divine enablement to do what I couldn't do before, to go where I couldn't go before, to be who I could not be before. Thank God for his grace. Grace is God's outstretched hands to mankind. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are not only saved by grace, we are saved by grace through what? Through faith. Oh, yeah. We are saved by grace through faith. Therefore, grace is the giver. Faith is the receiver. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Grace is the giver. Faith is the receiver. It takes 
faith to receive what grace has given. Without faith, you cannot receive what grace has given, even though it is already given. It's already given, but you can't receive it without faith. So we, become, we get introduced to the imperative of faith. This is the heartbreak of God. I've given everything. I've paid the price. I've done all I need to do. But are the people receiving? The only way they can receive is by faith. So quickly ask your other neighbor, what is faith? What is faith? Ah, uh, yes. Many wonderful definitions for faith also. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, the most popular. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. We go on to verse 6 and it says that for it without faith it is impossible it is impossible to please God for he that cometh unto him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Without faith you cannot please God. Without faith you cannot receive from God. This is the imperative of faith. Imperative means the necessity, the indispensability. You can't do without it. You need faith. Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4b. All of them saying, the just, the righteous shall live by faith. There is no way to live as a believer without faith. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 1 tells you to come and buy without money. How do I buy something when I don't have money? It's because you have a different currency from money and the currency of heaven is faith. So faith is what we give in exchange for everything that God has promised. Somebody shall have got faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith, the imperative of faith, so important is faith. First John and chapter 5 and verse 4b says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is key. Hallelujah. Faith is key. Faith is key. But then I stumbled on this other verse in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Hallelujah. I'm a teacher, so I'm not a one scripture preacher. Uh, my teacher is always going to be throwing you many scriptures. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each a measure of faith. God has dealt to each a measure of faith. Tell your neighbor, you've got a measure of faith. You've got a measure of faith. You've got a measure of faith. In fact, can I, can, I, can, I, can I blow your mind a little bit and let you know that every human being has faith potential? Every single human being has faith potential. Even your unbeliever has faith potential. Every human being has faith potential. Every human being has the capacity to believe. In fact, every human being is believing, even though they are not conscious of it. <laughs> they told you what is what, this is that, up is up, down is down, you believed it. Hello? 
Your very living is an evidence of the capacity to believe. You sat on that chair, confident that the chair will carry you. That's faith. You believed it could do it. Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? Every human being has faith potential. Listen to me. At the end of the day, belief is a choice. You choose to believe or you choose not to believe. Belief and unbelief are actually choices. We all have faith. Like, on, like we all have biceps mu muscles. The bicep muscle is this one. Hallelujah. Amen. The bicep muscle is this one. We all have it. But what you do with it is different. Some people, like Pastor Chris, have been carrying some heavy something. And you can see the bicep has adjusted to what has been carried. Some people have not been carrying anything. So the bicep has remained. <laughs> Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? And if you're not careful, if you don't use it at all, it wastes away. Yeah. So is faith. You have it, but its strength is dependent on whether you are using it or not. If you ain't using it, it ain't going nowhere. And God forbid, if you ain't using it, it's wasting away. If you work it, it will increase in strength. Basic faith potential or capacity is within everyone. Can I preach? You can believe. Help me tell your neighbor you can believe. You can believe. I don't know what you're going through right now, but you can believe. What do you believe? You can believe your way out of it. You can believe to the next level. You can believe into your breakthrough. You can believe into your fruitfulness. You can believe into you. You have the capacity. Say, I can't believe that. No, that devil is a liar. You can believe. You've been given the faith. You've been given the potential. Hallelujah. Stop limiting your faith with, with, with low thinking. Hallelujah. You've got to dream big because you've got faith on the inside of you that can achieve. Listen, even people in the world that don't know the faith of Christ uh, believe I can build a business that's going to take over the world. Uh, I can build an idea that is going to be global. You can believe. You can believe. I believe. Do I have any believers under the sound of my voice? Come and shout, yeah! Belief, belief is so strong. In fact, I've come to find out that belief trumps facts all the time. <laughs> a lot of problems in the world are because people believe things that are not true. And they believe it so resolutely and so unyieldedly that even when you present them with facts, they still say no. Because belief is a choice. I've chosen to believe it is this way. And so that it is. And what you believe becomes your reality, becomes your experience, it becomes what you go through. And so sometimes in convincing somebody that their belief is wrong, it's not always about presenting all the facts. Because sometimes they see all the facts and they say, no, I still believe that Bill Gates is the Antichrist. Hallelujah. Is anybody hearing me? 
I've chosen to believe that. And you're not going to convince me otherwise. Sometimes to convince people to shift their belief is not all about facts. It's finding out why did you believe that in the first place? What predisposed you to thinking that way? Now, can I deal with the root of that thinking? If I can deal with the root of that thinking, then maybe you can get to that place where you change your belief. Your belief determines your life. When what you believe is the truth, then there's the release of inevitable change for the better. Hallelujah. So, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 that we often quote says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, we learn that faith comes by hearing the word of God. As you are hearing me declare the anointed word of God, faith is rising and increasing in you even right now. The constant hearing of the word of God produces and increases faith within us. And once faith is increasing within us, that means that everything, anything good is possible. Somebody shout yes. Hallelujah. So we quickly, as I start to round up, go to our text. And in our text, we find this woman with an issue of blood for 12 years. Now let me give you a bit of a backdrop. Jesus was actually had been waylaid by Jairus, who had said, my daughter, who is 12 years old, is grievously sick and dying. Please come and intervene. So Jesus says, I will. And Jesus starts to travel with Jairus towards healing his sick um, daughter. Hallelujah. Now, it's notable that the child was 12 years of age, and this woman had had this issue for 12 years. Ah, yes. Issues on the right, issues on the left, yes. At the same time as the daughter of Jairus was being born, the issue of blood was beginning in this woman's life. Ah, Bashonda. So, uh, while Jairus is rejoicing with his daughter, seeing her grow from one to two to three to four to five to six, all the way to twelve. This woman is going from doctor to doctor to doctor to physician to questionable practitioner uh, to this one to that one, trying to get healed of her problem, all right? So issues, issues. So Jesus is going towards Jairus and this woman is about to interrupt his journey. There's a divine interruption about to take place in your life, and it is for good. If you believe it, you better shout amen. Hallelujah. And there's a, there's a multitude that is thronging Jesus. They are all around Jesus. They're pushing him to the right and to the left as he's moving. They're touching him. Hallelujah. And can I tell you that all those people, all of them had their various issues. Issues on the right, issues on the left. Oh, nobody wants to be real with me this Sunday morning. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we know how to dress up good. We know how to look good. We know how to color code and smile nice, but it doesn't mean that behind all the nice perfume and good dressing, there aren't issues, issues, uh, yeah, 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 issues all around, and yet, even though I might not know your issue, I know the answer. 
Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. He was the answer walking with them to every issue around. He was the answer. But faith, grace gives, faith receives. If faith is not on the receiving side, even what is being given doesn't get received. Does anybody hear me what I'm saying? So, this woman with the issue of blood, I'm trying to get into her psychology. I'm trying to get into her thinking. Can you put yourself in her shoes for a moment? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, how does somebody that has an issue for so long, how does that person start to think? Oh, yes. She's gone through a repetitive cycle of hope, faith, and disappointment. Hope, faith, and disappointment. Hope, faith, and disappointment over and over again. When you have an issue that sticks with you long enough, you find yourself that you keep on going through cycles of, I'm going to get out of it, and then you don't get out of it, and you are disappointed. And what sometimes happens is that you start to learn how to live with that issue. You start to adjust your life and build structures and systems within, around you to help you to live with that issue. Because somewhere in your thinking, you are starting to resign yourself that this issue is just going to be my issue for all of my life. You resign to fate. Oh, yes. This is probably what had happened to this woman with the issue of blood. I don't think that this was a woman that didn't have resource. I think that she was a woman that had resource. But sometimes, money is not able to buy you your way out of certain issues. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. She spent everything she had and still hadn't gotten out of her issue. And she's probably sitting at home and thinking that, well, it's over with me. I'm not going anywhere. This is my issue. I'm going to have to live with it. And then she hears about Jesus. Somebody comes around and tells us that this man, Jesus, who's going around and who's doing stuff, I guess the first time she heard, she probably dismissed it and said, you guys have started again. Another story. But then she heard again and she heard again, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more she heard, it was starting to cause something within her to start to arise. Oh, are you hearing me what I'm saying? Because even if the tree be cut at the scent of water, it will sprout again. So she started to hear and it started to cause something to rise within her. Story after story, how the blind were seeing, how the lame were working, how the dead were being raised from the dead. Maybe there was even somebody down her street that used to have some disability or the other that had been healed. And they ran to her house and said, Hey, do you know that Toba down the street, that boy that could not walk, he has started to walk. How did he start to walk? It was Jesus. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is the power of your testimony. Stop hiding your testimony. Your testimony might be the trigger that somebody needs to believe God again. Ah, oh, yes. Ah, oh, my goodness. So faith started to rise within her. Faith started to grow within her. Started to get strong within her to the point where she started to say to herself. Uh, the Matthew's account says that she started to say to herself, if I might but touch the hem of his garment, I shall 
now be made whole. She spoke to herself. What are you saying to yourself? Oh my goodness. Sometimes it's not what people are saying to you that's as important as what you are saying to yourself. She started to say to herself, within herself, if I might but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. What are you saying to yourself? Stop talking down to yourself. You need to start telling yourself, I can do it. I can be it. I will break through. I will go to the next level. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What are you saying to yourself? Now, so she's been saying stuff on the inside of herself that's feeding her faith. It's a dynamic cycle, a positive cycle. She heard, it produced faith. Now she speaks and she hears what she's saying to herself. So it's a dynamo that's causing the faith to continue to rise. But there's an obstacle because the law of the land said that this woman could not just come out in public because she was considered unclean. Ah, But her faith had gotten to the place where she was willing to break protocol. Somebody's about to break protocol under the sound of my voice. They gave you all sorts of rules and regulations. How you cannot do this. You cannot go there. But you're going to break protocol. Hey, by the spirit of faith. Ah, so she, she, she broke protocol. I said, I got to touch the hem of his garment. And so she came out. She heard that Jesus was passing by. And she came out. And there was a great multitude. Oh my goodness. And she realized that she couldn't just come straight like that. Abatata to this multitude, through this multitude, to Jesus. Number one, they could have easily identified her and immediately excluded her. So what did she do? She went down on her hands and her knees that I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to move to Jesus. You see, sometimes when you want to get to Jesus, you've got to be willing to go down. You've got to be willing to put down your ego and your pride in order to get to Jesus. So she goes down and she starts to make her way through the legs of men and women trying to get to Jesus. But as she's going, I can imagine that as she's going, somebody stamps on her hand. Oh my goodness, has anybody ever stamped on your toe before? Has anybody ever stamped on your hand before? Do you know the type of pain that rushes through your body if somebody stamps on your hand, on your finger? It goes down your spine. It causes pain. You want to scream out. I can imagine this happening to that woman on her way to Jesus. Somebody stamped on her hand and she's tempted in that moment to be distracted from her pursuit and to look at who stamped on her hand and say, what's wrong with you? Why would you do this? She could have exchanged, gotten into an exchange with a person that stamped on her hand, but not this woman. This woman was saying, no, 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 I'm focused. 
I know where I'm going. I know what I need. I know what I want. I'm not going to be distracted. Uh, too many of us, we are too easily distracted. That's the strategy that the enemy uses to break you from getting into your miracle. He throws in an offense or two. Somebody said what they're not supposed to say. Somebody stamped on your hand. No, no, no. I don't have no time for none of that. I'm focused on Jesus and I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to follow him. Stamp on my foot. Stamp on my hand. Kick me if you like. Ain't going to stop me. I've got laser focus. I refuse to be distracted. Is there anybody like that under the sound of my voice that's refusing to be distracted this Sunday morning? Come and shout, yeah! Finally, she gets through the crowd and she stretches out her hand as she's about to touch the hem of his garment. He moves again. Oh my goodness, because this is a moving crowd. Ah, she moves again. You know how it is? Sometimes you're so close and then it seems to slip yet again. But this woman was not going to be de deterred. She was not going to be delayed. She pressed on. Finally, she gets the hem of his garment and she grabs the hem of his garment and instantaneously, in that very moment, in that very second, she felt it in her body. She was healed. She was restored. She was made whole. Can I prophesy to somebody that this Sunday morning, you are about to be made whole. What was missing is about to be supplied to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But I was looking at the story and I was wondering what made this woman's touch different from everybody else's touch. Because the scripture says that the crowd was thronging Jesus. So everybody was touching Jesus. But nothing was happening to them because their touch was a normal touch. Their touch was a familiar touch. Oh my goodness. You see, they had gotten so familiar with Jesus. You know what they say about familiarity? Familiarity attracts contempt. Uh, they had gotten used to him. It's not a big deal. It's just Jesus after all. So they were not receiving anything because their touch was a touch of familiarity. It wasn't a touch of discernment. It wasn't a touch of faith. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beware of familiarity. Beware of becoming so familiar with the things of God. So familiar even with the subject of faith. Ah, they're going to teach about faith again. They're always talking about faith. I know faith inside and outside. That devil is a liar. You need to be reverent and say, even though I've heard it a thousand times, I'm going to humble myself to hear it again because I, there's something new every time I hear the word of faith. Somebody shout amen. Uh, you need to be careful of becoming too, too familiar with the vessels that come carry the anointing. Why? Because he puts this treasure in earthen vessels. He chooses flawed men and women, ministers of the gospel that don't look like all of that. They look like you. They don't look any different from you, but yet he has deposited something inside.
inside them for you. For he that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. But he that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. So therefore, the reception is not determined by the giver. It's determined by the receiver, your perception, your discernment. How do you see this person? This woman saw Jesus in the right light. She discerned that Jesus had anointing on him. And she was so reverent. I said, I don't even need to hug him. I don't even need him to speak to me. I don't even need him to say anything to me. All I need is to touch something that is touching him. I just need to touch the hem of his garment. And as she touched the hem of his garment, because anointing is transferable, it's clear throughout the New Testament. She touches with faith. She touches with discernment. And she receives a healing. There's going to be a transfer of anointing. There's going to be a transfer of healing. Even in this place today, if you believe it, come and shout, yeah! Woo! Hallelujah. She touched the hem and she was healed. She was made whole. Her touch was a touch of discernment. Her touch was a touch of faith, different from the normal touch of everyone else. But as I'm closing, we're going to the communion table today. The communion table, one of the emblems of the communion table is the body of Christ. This woman had a discernment that there was something on the body of Jesus called the anointing. She had a discernment. I'm hearing stories that he put eyes, hands on, blind eyes and eyes open. He put hands on deaf ears and the ears opened. He put his hand on the coffin and the person that was dead came out. So she came to the conclusion that his body is anointed. So if his body is anointed, I don't even need him to say anything. All I need to do is touch something that is touching his body. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, if you rightly discern the body of Christ, even in the communion, you too can touch what his body carried, the anointing. It's a function of faith. I often tell people, let it be to you according to your faith. It's so interesting that we can be in the same experience, yet one person is receiving a total life turnaround, and the other person is like... What's going on here? Are you hearing me what I'm saying? But I decree and declare over this house, not a one, not a one of us will, will, will remain the same. Not a one of us will walk out and say, what was that? No, 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 no. You're going to go, go feeling, knowing. She, she knew in herself. Before anybody told her, before she went for any checkup, she knew in herself that something had changed. Something is changing in your life today in the mighty name of Jesus. When you rightly discern his body, hallelujah, we bless you, Jesus. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. There is no God like unto you. Worthy are you. Hallelujah. We are going to receive the reward of our faith in the mighty name of Jesus. We are going to see the results of our faith like never before in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, come on. Tell the Lord, I choose to believe you. I choose to believe you. Even this Sunday morning, I choose to believe you. I choose to believe you. I choose to believe you. Hallelujah. I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. I choose to believe you. 
Faith is a choice. Belief is a choice. And I make that choice today to believe your word above all else. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I want you to choose to believe God's word. You're coming out. A breakthrough is yours in the name of Jesus. You're breaking into a new day in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I know that issue has persisted for so long, but even this morning by faith and by discernment, there's going to be a supernatural turnaround in the name of Jesus. I don't know what your issue is. It might not even be a health issue. It might be an academic issue. It might be a legitimacy issue. It might be a relationship issue. I don't care what the issue is. The answer remains the same. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. And today we receive. We receive by faith. Receive. We receive by faith in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Before you focus heavy, heavily on the gifts that he gives, you better make sure you have received the giver of the gift, Christ Jesus himself. So if you are here, you are not yet saved, you haven't yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, whether in person in the hall here or whether you are online streaming in from somewhere, please repeat these words of prayer after me. Lord Jesus, today I repent of my sin and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart and I have made this confession with the words of my mouth. And therefore, by faith, I am saved. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am born again. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are indeed saved. And we're so excited to receive you in the body of Christ. Somebody go ahead and bless the name of the Lord even this Sunday morning hallelujah please direct message us or, or on any of our social media platforms or follow the pathway on our website or send an email to us and let's help you to grow in the lord we hope you've enjoyed this uplifting sermon from house on the rock church the london lighthouse we hope you've been informed and inspired Join us for services every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HOTR London. Also, live stream our services on YouTube at HOTR London. For more information, visit our website on hotr.org.uk.